Hey guys, coming at you live from a storage room inside a storage room on a set that looks like your dad's basement. It's Don't Mess with Christine Sidelko on CastBox, produced alongside Studio 71. If you haven't heard of CastBox, it is one of the fastest growing new podcast apps on the market. It's available for iOS and Android. And you can listen to Don't Mess uh, on your other podcast platforms, but I hope that you give CastBox a try. I think it's a really great app. You can find all of your favorite podcasts on there, including, hopefully, mine. Okay, hi guys, welcome to another episode of Don't Mess with Christine Sidelko. That's right, it has not been canceled yet. Um, I'm Christine Sidelko, and I am joined by a very special guest. I am very excited. I'm here with Charisma Carpenter, who is best known for playing Cordelia Chase on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, as well as Angel Mm -hmm. for four seasons, and... You had a role on one of my other favorite TV shows, Charmed. Yes, for a little while. So yeah. that was cool, and I didn't know that at the time. I didn't. I was like, it was because it was one of the later seasons. So yeah. I like at the time didn't recognize it. And then when I was researching for this, I was like, wait, she was the uh, Kira, or whatever it was called, yeah. in season seven. So I was like, she's just a '90s queen. <laughs> I just love it. Um, and yeah, so if you guys know anything about me, I love Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It's actually it's probably my favorite show of all time. I would say. Um, so I'm excited to have you here. Um, and more recently, actually, you would know her maybe from The Expendables and Expendables 2, which I also didn't know, yeah. which is um, Sylvester Stallone, right? And Jason Statham. Oh, the is he the bald one? <laughs> the bald, the ba- is it rude? The I'm bald s- British one? Yeah, that's him. I think him. it's really funny that you don't know Jason Yeah, no, I do. He's, I think I'm right, though. Aren't I right? You're 100% right. Yeah, so I do yes. know who he is. No, you do, but okay. like... I just didn't, I wasn't sure. Just he's so... He's such a sex symbol that it's just like people. Is he? <laughs> I thought he was just like an action star. Who's a sex symbol to you? Um, Who does it for you? Honestly, Justin Bieber kind of. If I say that he does it for me, then it just comes out pervy and wrong. Well, I mean, yeah, <laughs> we're the I'm same age, old. but yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, he's adorable. Okay, well, the well, the the reason this, uh, yeah, that's right, that's him. Um, the reason this came about was because. Of a little vine I did. Yes. Called Mary Chrysler. Um, (laughs) Who knew it would be so life-changing? You (laughs) tweeted it on Christmas Day, um, and I freaked out. It was about, like, my best Christmas gift. I was like, oh, my God. That makes me so happy because I am just a huge fan of yours. And so to... To, you know, how life is just so funny when you can be a fan of somebody and then they're like happy that you're a fan of them and yeah, then you like, get to oh. fan out about each other. Yeah, it's nice. That's how I feel too. Oh, that's so cra- It's so weird because I just feel like I have, like, haven't done anything that like deserves that kind of. Oh, God. Yeah, but you're no. Just I'm, you. I, oh, yeah, thanks. Yeah, people think I'm funny sometimes. I'm like, oh, nice. Thank you for being nice yeah. to me. But um, so, B- Buffy, of course. We yes. just, I just have to talk about it. Okay, I'm with Probably you. Probably for the first entire half of this, it's <laughs> okay. just going to be all Buffy. Um, so, a little background. F- on my experience with Buffy was I was only three when it came out in 1997. So I didn't even know about it until like the last two seasons where I would watch it on TV when I was like six or seven like that. Right. And then through that, I was like, oh, I like this. And they'd play reruns in the morning. So I would catch yeah. the reruns, but it would it was never in order. So it would always be like one episode, like Angel was there, but then there was Spike and then it was like, oh, so I didn't right. get it. Right. So I begged my parents to get like the, the seasons on DVD. 
When you were six or seven? Um, I think I got them when I was like 10. Okay. So I was like, I just want to watch them really bad. And then I watched them all the way through multiple times through my childhood. I would just watch them. And then it came out on Netflix and yeah. I watched it a couple times all the way through again. Nice. So yeah, I've, I've watched it a few times. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, and I actually went to the, the school in Torrance with my friend you did? to take a photo outside of Buffy's house and the, and the high school. You did? Yeah, that's how serious it is. I wonder, if, do people live there in that house now? Uh, probably, yeah. We, I kind of stayed stayed back a little bit. You didn't like jump on the porch no, and be no, like... No, I just yeah. took like a front photo and I was like, oh my God, well that's where like Joyce was and like all this stuff. So yeah, it's, um, hopefully that doesn't creep you out. <laughs> I'm not creeped out. Okay, no, okay. no. Yeah, it was really I flattering. Just, yeah, so did you guys know, like when you, I just want to know the process of like, when when did you start realizing like, oh, this is big or was it even not that big then and that became big later as like a cult hit? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think I think for most of us when we realize like, oh, my gosh, we're kind of we're popular because think about it. We were on a really small network, the WB. Right. OK, they had one other show, Seventh Heaven, maybe. Oh, you loved it. Seventh Heaven. <laughs> So there's that. And, um, you know, our mascot was like a dancing frog. And, you know, our a big night for us would be maybe five million vo- viewers. So to find out like that it was it's resonated with so many people and then it continues to 20 years later is just kind of crazy to me. So yeah. I think for us when we realized it was maybe catching on was when the critics were starting to write up about us. And we're on USA Today, you know, being written up in, in, in a positive way in Critics Corner. And um, and then when Sarah was invited to do SNL, I think when, oh, okay. when she was invited to do SNL was in, on the cover of Rolling Stone, we were like, wow, you know, like the show is – the show might be kind of popular. Yeah, people like this. this is <laughs> and when people good. start showing up at the set, you know, oh. and watching while we're filming, you know, that that's always a good indicator that – that you're you're resonating with people, right? And I think for me at least, I think the reason I like it so much is because it's so it's so many different things in one. Yes, where it's like it's cheesy, but it's also really deep, and it's like really funny, but it's also there's lots of action, right? And it's all and it's like and, and special all, effects, yeah, and fighting, and then, and- exactly. And it's like vampires, and it's just like it's just fun, and yeah. it like and and the, throughout the whole thing. She's still just a teenage girl. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. she has this, like, tremendous responsibility, but Mm -hmm. she's still like, I'm 16. I don't want to die, which is how people would actually react in that situation. So I just thought it was really real. And I want to be normal. Yeah. You know, I just, God, I have this horrible, you know, burden, you know. know. And how do I juggle it all? How do I juggle it all? How do I, you know, love this person that I can't love? And, you know, which is a universal theme, I think, for everyone in high school. Everybody's going through some version of that. Well, I mean, and then you had an angel. You were you had the same problem, kind of. Well, yeah, with, later, a, much with later. Angel. Yeah. Well, so the reason with Angel is I do know a bit about Angel. I watched it a little bit okay. when it came out, but I think at the time because I was a huge Angel Buffy fan. Um, I think I was just like I was just like well if they both if they what could is have that called a bangle you were a bangle oh I, I you were shipping I was Angel like and bitter. Buffy oh is it bangle is that what it's called I don't know Angel. Bangel? I think it was a little too early for all those like nicknames or whatever. I don't know. JLo was a while ago. Um, yeah, but it was just like it was. Uh, I, I don't know. Jennifer. Um, 
Yeah, I think so. What I hear you saying is that you were sort of a Buffy angel. You were a fan of that relationship. So you couldn't yeah. get behind Angel? Yeah, I think I was just bitter because I was just like, well, if they can each have a show, why can't they be on the same show and be together? I was just right, like right. so annoyed. But um, I do know a little bit. I mean, we'll get into that maybe sure. in the last half, but I kind of wanted to just talk about Buffy for we the first part. We can talk about Buffy all you yeah, want. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so, so you said it started taking – so what season – was it that they started that she was like on SNL or Rolling Stone? Oh gosh, um, I don't remember exactly. Maybe season two. Okay, yeah. Well, I I, just, I don't recall exactly. I just remember the first, the, even just the first scene of the pilot. Maybe no, I think it was season three. Season three, because uh, the wish. I think it was during. That's the, my, one of my favorite episodes. Yeah. I was going to talk about that because because she wasn't. I don't think she was there that week that we were shooting. Well, I mean, she did an episode, but she was like she had to have a, a smaller part so that she could go to New York and film. Oh, so that's why you, SNL. You were... So then they made it like, what would it be like if Buffy wasn't in this? It wasn't here, and I think that that's the storyline that was created to accommodate. That's interesting because I literally have that in my notes because I was going to ask what your favorite episode was and I was going to say your character is actually responsible for one of my favorite episodes. Ah, uh, that's awesome. Because I, mean, I think that's the first episode Anya was in too. Yes, it was. Yeah, so it was just, it was just interesting mm-hmm. to see like Buffy, or not Buffy, um, Xander and Willow like as vampires. Yeah. It was just weird. It was, yeah. And then you actually died in that episode. I did. Crazy, crazy stuff. I lo- and then, oh, wait, how, he's laughing at me because I'm a fangirl. Um, <laughs> but so what was the like, what did you do like before Buffy, like acting jobs or even just real jobs before that? Well, um, well, what I was doing when I was shooting Buffy, I was on a TV show called Malibu Shores, and that was an NBC, and it was Aaron Spelling's show with Kerry Russell and Susan Ward and okay. um, Katie Wright and Tony Luca, and you know Carrie and Tony were Disney kids. Yeah, from Mickey Justin, Mouse Clubhouse. Yeah, with Justin Timberlake and all them, and. Um, or Mickey Mouse Club, whatever. Yeah. Um, Christina Aguilera, like, that was kind of major. But um, we were doing that, and then I got a call. I think the temperature of the show was like it wasn't going to go, the Malibu Shores thing. Oh. You could really feel kind of the network's pressure. They were in the makeup trailer. They were everywhere. So my agents called me, and they said, you know, we want you to go in and audition for this this show called Buffy the Vampire Slayer for the role of Buffy. And I said, okay. And, you know, it's a monologue that we had to prepare. So I'm preparing and I go and I'm like in overalls and I was wearing my J. Crew orange kind of transparent flip flops okay. and like whatever. So I go like she's kind of a valley girl, whatever. And um, I show up and I'm there with Gail Berman and Joss Whedon. Mm-hmm. And I'm in the room and and I read and they loved what I did and they're just like, you know, we're just wondering, would you be open to or could you by chance go in the hall and prepare these scenes or these these lines for Cordelia? And I said, sure. You know, when you're young, you're like, whatever. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> and so I did and I went in and I went and then they're like, they brought me back as Cordelia to test for the network, which was with Garth at the WB. But I was working on Malibu Shores. So. And so when I was Working in Malibu Shores, I had to get off work and drive to Burbank. And we were shooting Malibu Shores at that time in, in San Pedro, which is super far yeah. away at rush hour, and it was raining. Oh so it God. literally took me – like I was so stressed out trying to get to Burbank to test for Cordelia for Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I get this, you know, because it was pager days. <laughs> I had a pager, and I'm getting <laughs> 911s from my agent. And I'm like stuck in gridlock, and Barham is like right there, but I can't get oh, off. Barham, oh, my Barham. God, yeah. And so I get off, and there's – there's a liquor store there with a, with a payphone, 
So I get off. I call my agent. I'm like, why are you 911 to me? What's up? And they're like, they're going to leave. You have to get there. You tell them they're hungry to order a pizza. I did not just go through an hour and a half of traffic in the rain from work to for them to like take off. Like yeah. you make them wait, you know? I was like so bold then. Well, which is a Cordelia it's move. Such a Cordelia yeah, thing yeah. to do and say, right? So they um they waited and I went in there and they were laughing and they loved me and it was like a super it was like two scenes, it was super simple. And I I just felt it like you can just kind of tell like I had the part and I didn't know for sure that it was going to go my way but I felt really good about it so I get out of the room they asked me to wait a second I go in the other room and I place a call to my agent while I'm waiting and I said I I think I got this and they're like don't say anything and you're like I'm like I'm like I got it. You know, I feel like I got it. And they're like, okay. So I get home. By the time I get home, I find out that I got it. Wow, that's awesome. That's crazy. Yeah, because to me, it's funny that you said uh, she was a valley girl. Because to me, Cordelia, uh, Cordelia, at least in... No, Buffy was. No, that's what I'm saying. The way she talked. I think Cordelia kind of represents what Buffy was before... She came right, to Sunnydale. Right, Where she was like, yeah, Yeah. that's to me, like, that's how I kind of took it. And it's funny you mentioned, like, the flip-flops. Because to me, the style is so funny to watch back. Yeah. Because I... What was like? Did you ever get to pick your own clothes or like? No, not really. Yeah. Like they selected, and then you got to choose from. Okay, but usually you can veto like what you hate, hate, hate. But you're really kind of directed. Right. And the wardrobe stylist was replaced after the pilot, so there was okay. there there. We really didn't settle into somebody until we had Cynthia, and I think that was probably. I, I think she came season two and stayed the rest. Okay. Was there any like? Did you like? Was there any like? I kept everything. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, was there something in particular that, like, was so really fun for you to wear? Did you ever, I'm trying to remember, was she ever a vampire? Ever get, did no. you ever have to put that makeup on? No, the only th- time I had to do prosthetics was I was bitten in the face by a snake. Okay. And I had to go through the whole thing for this tiny little patch. Oh, really? And I'm really claustrophobic, so that was kind of a nightmare. Oh, okay. Yeah, just, it's just funny for me no, as, I wasn't a, a vampire. as a, as a, 2000s you yeah. know to see the, all the style like things are so colorful and crazy yeah. and like it's just fun i just love the 90s i wish i was born earlier because like charmed all that stuff i love yeah. like blues traveler no, you, were, Dixie you, were, you were born in the right era because that's what was going on yeah well I, there's like a there's kind of like a sentimental yeah. feeling for the 90s now so yeah it's interesting but um so by the so you start <laughs> off very clearly as the mean girl, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't end up that way, which I, I really like, which is one of the reasons I really like um, Joss Whedon's writing is like no one's just like one dimensional, you know? Right. So by the end of season one, like you're part of the Scooby gang, like you right. maybe reluctantly. Reluctantly. But, but you're you're in it and you're, you know, and you actually, so you're, you're still, you know, she's still her Cordelia, you know, mm-hmm. but she's, she's like growing. She's like, you know, helping out or like, you know. Well, I think there are like... Uh, two pivotal things that happened for Cordelia in the early, the first three seasons that kind of made you or assisted the audience in finding her somewhat palatable. And the first thing would be where she says, you know, I can be in a room full of people and be totally alone. Mm -hmm. I think where, you know, people are just next to me because they're they're so busy agreeing with me, you know. Um, She's able to say, like, she understands the dynamic and she's not necessarily happy about it. It doesn't fulfill her and she's not spiritually, you know, that's not really – she knows what's going on and she knows why people flock to her because it's not – it's for status. It's not because of who she is or 
who her heart is. They're with her because they think that they can get something. And I think that that revelation helps the audience identify with her uh, deeper and sort of accept her and being a part of the Scooby gang yeah. a little bit more. I think for me it did too. And then I think the the main the main one was main time that she was somewhat sympathetic was when Xander cheated on her. Yeah. So that really kind of made everybody kind of go, "Oh, poor Cordy." Yeah, when when he kissed he kissed Willow, right? Something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Yeah, the the whole the Xander Cordelia relationship was like it was kind of sweet. Mm-hmm. Where like there was a scene where like she stood up for him mm-hmm. in front of like her like mm-hmm. Harmony like the minions yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> and then but then you I'm trying to remember he did bad stuff too besides cheating. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of a, a, a weird thing, but I think that Xander I'm glad they didn't go with Xander and Willow cuz I think it would just been would have been weird. I don't know. I was just so focused on Buffy and Angel cuz I was like yeah. he's so mysterious yeah. like all this stuff forbidden love. Yeah, it's interesting. But so the one thing that I think is really funny what? is the bronze. <laughs> why were 16-year-olds clubbing? Why would? Why were they? Well, we were eating cake and drinking soda. I know, but it was like, but like they would have bands and it's yeah. like, I was like, did this actually exist? Like, were these real? Because like. I remember there was 18 and, you know, under clubs. I guess. Maybe. I don't I know. I mean, it, it's like there was the roller rink before there was 18 and under. Yeah. I guess it just has a vibe of like a, like a, like a bar. Like a grown up yeah. place and there's for always little kids. Vampires lurking in the alley. It's yeah. just like, why Danger do you continue everywhere. to go there? <laughs> you get attacked every time. It's just funny to me. Um, I gotta okay. go somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I think you were mentioning all the, the parts where she was <laughs> redeemed. I think the season three finale, where the, the fight at graduation, where she's, she's I think she stakes, you stake a vampire. Well, there's a story behind that. Oh, I want to um, hear it. The, the the thing about it is is that Cordelia had lived on the Hellmouth now and was aware of all this for like three years and had was constantly dam- the damsel in distress, was constantly getting caught or like needing rescuing. And that particular night, Joss directed that episode, I believe, and I said to him, there was a fight, and I go, can I please like stake a vampire? Oh, that's can awesome. I finally, like, I've been on the Hellmouth for three years now. I think I know how to stake a vampire. Yeah. Like, can I, and he's like, you know, you're the only one that's been nice to me today, so yes. Oh, that's so funny. I love that <laughs> and too. And I think that's really the only way. So I yeah. finally got to vanquish my first vampire, and I felt really good about it. Yeah, I think as a viewer, too, it, it felt like that, too, because you're right. It was always, you know, like, oh, you know, this boyfriend turned out to be this, or like, oh, yeah. you're like k- kidnapped, blah, blah, blah. So yeah. that's cool. Yeah, I think that's also another one. Um, and so getting into that, so what's the, what was the process of, like, transitioning from Buffy to Angel? Do they, I don't know, obviously I don't work in TV, so, like, right. when a spinoff happens, do they they approach you? Do they give you a choice to stay? Right. Or like, right. how did that right. work? Um, I, you know, I, I got... I got an invitation to take a walk (laughs) with Joss and I did. And then he, and I was, I was afraid he was going to fire me. Right. (laughs) I'm thinking the worst, of course, you know, like, can we talk? I'm like, he's going to break up with me. You know, it's like one of those. Yeah. And he's like, listen, you know, we're going to do a spinoff and Angel is, it's going to be an Angel spinoff and it's going to be very dark and we need a big bright smile, which I think was words from David Greenwald, who was my biggest champion for Cordelia. Like all of the great stuff really was David Greenwald. So I like to make the joke that Cordelia is really a 50-year-old, like a middle-aged white man <laughs> named David Greenwald. <laughs> okay, yeah. And um, 
you know, he kind of said, we need, if we take Angel, this dark brooding character, we're going to need something light and bright to counter uh, counter against. And so they invited me to go. And I said, I, you know, obviously I was real like, what does that mean? And can I come back? And what if it fails? And, he, you know, do I have a safety net? And he was like, yeah, absolutely. But fortunately, I didn't have to come back. And right. he, I didn't have to call him on that. And I didn't have to, like, say, um, the show is canceled. Can I come back to, you know, Buffy? Right. Um, so it worked out. Was it, was, what was, like, what were the main differences? Well, because obviously your um, screen time went up a lot. You were a main yes, character. Yes, yes. I think you're probably the second biggest character. Yeah, I was the second lead. Yeah. Um, the female lead. Um, yeah. For sure. Um, I think, though, <clears throat> I was a female lead and I was number two on the call sheet. But I think the way they had Doyle, Doyle was sort of the impetus and he was sort of the more driving force because he gets the visions. And yeah, I think he's that's the one that what gave you the visions, right? He gave show? me the visions in season nine, uh, sorry, in episode nine okay. of season one. Then, you know, but I think the, the point of it was. Um, I mean, if you were looking in terms of story, he was more important at, at the beginning because right. he is who Angel goes to to get, you know, the the story to um, – he's the driving force. You know, he's working for redemption, and so he has to figure out who to help, and the visions are the means to do that. So did, so did you like – I mean, I guess I, I don't know if it's a fair question. What, what should you enjoy more? Angel. Uh, yeah, I'm assuming because it was <clears throat> it was you got because your character completely changed. Yeah. Because when you get those visions, you have it's you're basically an empath. empath. Is that right. what it's called? Yeah. Where you feel like mm-hmm. you, uh, that's what I understand. Because again, yeah. I've seen some Angel, that, but not all of it. Yeah, that's accurate. Yeah. So I think that was really cool um, yeah. to see her completely change. Yeah. Like like no more selfishness. You know. Well, right, not, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but she, you know, she just basically understood all the pain that's in the world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and there was that speech in the hospital where, you know, she's, she freaked, like, that was a really intense episode, you know, when she gets the visions and she experiences them because she's not a demon and she doesn't have any supernatural um, uh, abilities. So when she gets these visions, it's, it's impactful and it's severe and it creates problems. Like and it takes a toll on the body too. Yeah, it takes a toll and it, it's really draining and it's dangerous. And so when she first gets them, like she has seizures, she's like gets hospitalized because mm-hmm. um, they're that intense. Um, and then he comes to see her and he's really worried about her. And I'm like, we have to help them, you know. And I think that was sort of like the beginning of so many beautiful things about Cordelia yeah and she and she had if I remember correctly she had multiple maybe not multiple but but like opportunities to give up her her visions and she she kept them because she wasn't there like a thing where she had had she had to have like sex with someone she could get rid of the visions if she had sex with something no I don't no I don't remember that maybe um I, gosh, you're I, making I, me think. Yeah, I know. Um, I don't. I don't, I don't remember that. Okay. Um, I know she did have sex with somebody, and she got pregnant by a demon, um, and you know, it was very bad. And she had, you know, she's had all kinds of horrible things yeah. happen to her because of her group of friends. Yeah. You know, yeah. She probably she didn't have the the greatest life because even because to kind of launch her to Los Angeles was the whole thing where. She the her family got her family broke, lo- yeah, and she was you know out in L.A. and she was pretending to be you know this you know famous right. person, but she's actually you know penniless. And I think broke. that kind of was her rock bottom, and then she right. found Angel, right. which is really so. I did kind of like 
her and Angel together. But I was still, yeah. I just love Buffy and Angel. I don't know why. Well, it makes sense. But, like, I think the difference for Cordy and Angel was it was a mutual respect. And, it like, not initially. Like, he, she got on his nerves like crazy. But I think, you know, her friendship, their friendship grew and deepened. And when things happened to her that were scary, the idea of losing Cordelia you know, resonated with him. And so their relationship grew and grew and grew and grew. And it started, you know, authentically, like as friends. So I think when that happens, that's a really special love. Yeah. It's kind of like... um... It's it's different. It's a different... It's a mature love. Yeah. It was a friendship that grew into love and then a romantic love. And then when you have... But then there's no replacing your first love. You know what I mean? So they're both heavy and they're both intense and, you know, but it's just different. When you, and then you both, like, shared a common goal. You're both working together. Yeah. Trying to, you know, solve these problems or whatever. Right. So, yeah, it was sweet. But and I, she understood him. Yeah. I, but I remember, I just remember one of the craziest things was you basically had to play two characters in the, was it third, fourth? When the, when the what's the demon that, like, you get possessed, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the how beast. you become pregnant. Ugh, by season four. By, agents, by Angel's teenage son. I mean... And I was just we, like, this is like a soap opera. This is like a supernatural soap opera. So it was like, it was like, yeah. So I just remember, that's one of the things that I'll always remember about Angel was like, oh, Cordelia got possessed by a demon, had sex with his son, got pregnant, and then went into a coma. And I was just like. Well, gave birth to an oh, Amazonian woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Talk about that, like, storyline. Was that, when you got the awful. script for that, what did you it think? Was a, I tried to block that out that oh, whole okay. season. <laughs> That was a that was tough. That was really tough. And and to be fair, like I think that there was a lot of behind the scenes issues going on in terms of, um, you know, ha- having a core group. Joss was um, now by that time he had F- Firefly, and he was also I think he was also doing Eliza's show Dollhouse. I I don't know if it was quite, mm-hmm. but he had so many shows going at the same time. So he was sort of like overseeing it, but not like in it. Mm-hmm. And I think. Um, then we had like Tim Anir was there who is heir apparent and I trust and loved his writing and in there it was sort of like having David Greenwald but not but at first it was David then it was Tim we were fine and then you know Tim went off to do Firefly and then came back when Firefly failed sorry for wording it like that it didn't yeah. fail but like it was interrupted too soon yeah by the uh, studio, he comes back, but then there's already a showrunner in place, so he can't come, and it just all fell apart. Yeah. And I think they just didn't know what to do with Cordelia. They had written her into a boxes. I think is the way they worded it to okay. me, which is really kind of <clears throat> upsetting. Yeah, it's kind of sad um, because you're dealing with like the cream of the crop in terms of talent. Um, I just think that it was there was just a lot of stuff going on, and being pregnant was. Hard and um, but were you pregnant in real life at the time? Oh yeah. Oh, was that why they wrote it in? Uh, I don't think they had a choice. I oh. think like I was really like, pregnant. Really, like they couldn't. You couldn't like hide I behind mean, a pillow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you could have, but <laughs> yeah. No, it's interesting. Well, and then and then um, you left after that season, right? I think. <clears throat> yeah, this is difficult to talk about. Oh, but okay, sorry. It, no, no, no. Okay, just sorry, in terms yeah. of, like, it's hard. It's hard because, I mean, I played Cordelia for so long, and, um, you know, there comes personally a, a time where uh, you don't even know who you, like, is. I am so Cordelia now. She's sort of influenced me as a person and sort of, 
you know, who who it, who came first, Cordelia or Charisma? You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, I don't even know anymore because you, you've embodied a character for so long. And she's definitely taught me so much in terms and informed me so much in terms of boundaries and saying no and, you know, like speaking your truth. And, and there are so many things I admired about her. So, um, you know, when we start talking about like her death and, you know, not being a part, not being invited back would be more accurate, mm-hmm. not leaving. Right. Um, it's painful. Yeah. It's really painful. Well, I didn't realize that, so... Yeah, <laughs> so here you go. Yeah, they're sorry about that, but they did... But um, it's not a, like, off-the-topic, you know, yeah. it's not something you can't... I can't talk about. It It just, you know, that's the reality of the situation. Yeah, and I mean, that's just that's just acting, it seems like. It's just you kind of... You go and you do your job the best you can, and then it's kind of really up to... The stories. Well, you want you want to service the, the, the show, but I, th- I just think, like, Dave, Joss not being there, David not being there, Tim not being there, uh, now what? Yeah. Well, you know, things run their course. And, and there's only one champion, you know? Yeah. And that's Angel. Yeah. Well, I and I don't think I even watched her, any of season five, the last season. Oh, me either. Yeah. <laughs> what a coincidence. Um, but but the, you're the, welcome, I was in. So yeah, I was like, the didn't bring you episode. back for the, yeah. yeah. What, did you, what, was, what was your plot in that episode? Um, to get the champion back on course, oh, okay. to get Angel back on course. He'd sort of lost his vision and... Um, and so then uh, it was my job to sort of like come back and put him back on the correct path. Well, that's well. And then love him and leave him. That's kind of like, I don't know. I kind of don't like that. I kind of just like that. Like that's all she had to Listen, do. Listen, just... I did not want to come back to die. And that was sort of the one thing that I'd said going into, you know, they came to me and they asked me if I would come back. And there were a couple of um what 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 is the word that I'm looking for? You know, there were just a couple of things that I needed to be checked off to agree to do it. And one of them was like, I, I, I'm not coming back to die. We can't kill her off. Like, keep her in a coma, do whatever, <laughs> but like, don't kill her. Yeah. And they said, okay. And then I signed. And then I was working on the, at the time, I was working with Alicia Silverstone on one of her shows with Brian Grazer and uh, Imagine called Mismatch, and that was being shot at the same warehouses that Buffy was shot at. And their uh, production office for Buffy was still on the same lot. So I get a, a, you know, I get a call, and I somebody comes to visit me in, in the trailer, and they're like, so um, you're going to die. <laughs> and I literally started bawling. Oh, man. I was so upset. I'm like, I knew it. I knew you guys were going to do this to me blah, 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 like, I would have never agreed to do this, and now it's been released, and I, like, have to do it, and, like, I felt really terrible, and I was just so, like, I can't believe you're doing this to me. I was so, I felt so betrayed. Yeah. And, you know, then I became self-aware, and I go, well, how did she die then? You know, like, tell me the story. Yeah. And then he tells me the story, and I was like, it's really good. Yeah, doesn't she like? She's like she like goes like ascends to heaven or some weird. Well, you don't know that she wasn't dead the whole time. Oh wait, so she was dead the whole time. Well, I, it, that's that's the thing. Like oh, he okay. gets the phone. Have you seen that episode? Well, um, I you're think, welcome. I think I might have because well, I at knew the end, that she he gets a call, and he's like, "It can wait." And I'm like, no, that you have to get that call. And so he gets the call, and then it's the hospital saying that she died. Oh, from the coma. From the coma, she died. Gotcha. And then he goes, he goes, no, she's standing right here. And he turns, and I'm gone. Okay. So then you don't. Oh, know. I think I might remember that. that I mean, that's 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 kind of. It good. was a really. It was. 
it was a good story. And and I remember when I showed up on set, you know, I got a really lovely bouquet of flowers and a nice note from Joe's, Joss, Joe's, <laughs> Joss, you know, basically saying, I think this will be one of the sweetest stories we've ever told. And it, and it kind of gives her character closure, I think. Yeah, which I wasn't excited to do. Yeah. I, I mean, I just, I think in a lot of ways, you know, Cordelia was the heart of the show. You know, Angel was the brawn and, you know, Wesley was the brain. It was sort of like a Wizard of Oz experience. (laughs) And I just really felt like to end her or the way that things went in season four and then to die in season five was just, you know, it's a a bitter, you know, it's a jagged little pill for me because she was a big part of my life. The shows were a big part of my life. So it hurts a little bit. Mm -hmm. But if you're going to go. That was a really good way to go. Yeah, it's kind of sweet. Yeah. Well, and, and then you have to think it's like uh, uh, you as an actor, you have a personal connection and you interpret the character in a certain way, but the sure. writers may not. You know, it's not like well, it's exactly. I, to be honest with you, I think the show gelled and did so well because I think those two things, those two elements were synchronized. Oh, okay. I feel like, especially with David Greenwell, especially with Tim and Nier, there is that um, connection where they're writing and they can hear your voice. And I can read something on the page, and it's it, it the the inflection is just intuitive because just of the way it's written. Okay. So, and that's a learned process. Joss had a very specific way of writing and a very specific way of of dialogue um, reading. And I'd love to cite an example of like he talks in reverse, kind of like Yoda. You yeah. know, like he just speaks around the subject and rather than just to the nose yeah and i think that was a learned thing and then you know by season seven it's just you know automatic right so not all writers can write that way and i think that was one of the best qualities that added to our show was that that specific kind of style of writing and the the delivery were one and that we heard each other like i could read it off the page and i knew and then they would probably hear they would write it and they would hear it right like the way I would say it. Yeah, so it's, it's just like a special kind of connection. Yeah. That, that's why you think it was And so... I think when those people weren't there anymore, things kind of went sideways. Yeah. Well, so you said that you, so when you wanted, when you signed on to come to the 100th episode, yeah. you had said, okay, so I don't, I don't want to die. In previous seasons, would you consult with them on things that your character would do and then they listen to you? You know or? what? Um to be honest, um, it was such a well-architected show, if that's even a word. Yeah. You know, like, it was so well done. Um, there were moments. I remember one specific time. It was a homecoming episode. And I'm in the cabin with Buffy. And we're trying to fight off this guy that this vampire is trying to kill us. And I have a spatula in my hand. And I'm like, we'll just hit him with the <laughs> spatula, you know. And, and I'm just like, ugh. I'm so tired of being like that, you yeah. know, like she's so stupid, you know, and I really started to personalize it. You know, I really started to take it personally, like, come on, after all this time, like really the spatula and and like making out in closets and is she a slut? I started to over identify <laughs> with the character. And I remember going off, you know, we were between scenes and I said to um, David and Jocelyn, I'm like, really this? And. And uh, and they both said, you know, Charisma, that's why America loves you. And I was – and it was like in that moment I was like, oh, it's not me. It's a character. And I play that character really, really well. Yeah. And it is silly and it is poofy and it doesn't make a lot of sense. But 
it's it it works. It's a formula that works. She's there. She injects a certain amount of humor and ridiculousness and a poignant times that make it all work. It's like I'm a cog in a wheel, not a cog in a wheel, but like I'm a spoke in a wheel that makes it all go. Yeah. And so that's good. But I think what I, a young actor, you know, the young person that I was at the time and not knowing and not being seasoned and not knowing better is like there is a separation between you and Cordelia, which after a while, like, is there a separation <laughs> between us? But like there is a separation and, and, you know, this is your job and this is who she is. And it's not my job to say, can we change this or can't we change this? Unless, of course, you're dealing with a show that, you know, has subpar writing and it's not a quality show. And in my case, Buffy and Angel, uh, there was total utter trust. Yeah. You know, I mean, I knew I was in good hands and I really never – I would complain that like, why is she like this all the time and why does she have to say this to me? Why is she always making out clothes? Is she a slut? Like, I don't know how I feel about her being such a hussy, <laughs> you know? And it's like, she's not a hussy. She's not – like, I had all these judgments and, yeah. and until you can embrace your character totally 100% and find things about that character that you love and you identify with, you're, you're – there's going to – it's not going to resonate. It's not going to transfer to the audience. Right. And you're going to be miserable. <laughs> that's funny because I think that's like how he he writes is like no one character is like the comic relief. They're kind of all the comic relief and kind of all at no, some point. No, I was points. definitely the comic relief. Well, you were the, you were the main comic <laughs> no, relief. No, on Angel. But oh, like, on Angel, yeah. But like but in, in, in Buffy, like, like, like they're all funny. You know what we, I mean? Like they yeah, all have all, funny. True, true. Right. But um, I think this is a good place to break because um, we have to – shoot away for sponsors or whatever the hell I don't know how this works um, and then we'll come back and then we'll talk more about um, you as a person instead of oh, just okay. this character no I okay, um, that's fine okay so we'll be right back Audible has the largest selection of audiobooks on the planet which lets you fill your summer with more stories like Misery by Stephen King, which I am currently listening to on Audible I really resonate with the story because I too am miserable Audiobooks are a great sidekick for summer activities like hiking, sunbathing on the beach, running, road tripping, or just enjoying downtime outdoors. Listening is a better way to binge content you love while doing the things you love. Audible helps you listen to more books by letting you switch seamlessly between devices, picking up exactly where you left off. Whether it's on your phone, through your car, from a tablet, or at home on an Amazon Echo, you can get through tons of books, hands and eyes free, while doing almost anything. Audible members get a credit every month, good for any audiobook in the store, regardless of price, and unused credits roll over to the next month. Didn't like your audiobook? Uh, you can exchange it, no questions asked. Plus, your books are yours to keep. With Audible, you can go back and re-listen anytime, even if you cancel your membership. Start a 30-day trial and your first audiobook is free. Go to audible.com slash mess or text M-E-S-S to 500-500. That website again is audible.com slash M-E-S-S or text M-E-S-S to 500-500. Okay, guys, we are back um, with Charisma Carpenter, in case you forgot. Um... (laughs) And we, I've been talking your ear off about um, Buffy, but now I want to know more about you. You have such a, a, a profound Buffy and Angel IQ. I do. I Well, I mean, I, I kind of brushed up before this, but <laughs> like I said, I've seen it, uh, you know, a few times. But um, so what's what's your, 
you know, your personal life. I saw you have a son. I you have do. A son. I have a How 15 year old. He's 15. 15. Oh, you just said that? Yeah. Um, wow, 15. So, um, 15. Going to 15. high school? Yes, he's about to end his freshman year. Wow, how was that? Uh, it was rough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was rough. It's rough for pretty much everyone. I mean, it's rough. It it's rough for him. He's an interesting guy, just because this is my kid. He's very existential. He'll say things like, "I just don't relate to these people that I go to school <laughs> with," and I'm like, "Why?" And he's like, "Everybody's just so happy to go to school, and then they do their homework, and then they go to soccer practice, and then they go to bed, and they wake up, and they start it all over again." He goes, "Is this really what life is? Is this what I have to look forward to? Like then, when I get older, I go to a job like this. Like this is my life. Isn't there more?" And I'm like, "Oh shit!" No, actually, that's exactly how I felt too. <laughs> you know, like. Yeah. He, he he's like and I I just basically kind of had to kind of go yeah it's institutionalized education but you got to do it and it sucks and I'm sorry and yeah this is kind of how it is I mean it he's well when do I get to do what I want to do that's me I'm literally your son that's me <laughs> like were you thinking like this at 15 yeah my mom has to to you know ground me every time she's like there's there's it's just life there's things that you have to do that you don't want to do right but not wanting to do them doesn't make him go away. You still have to do it. I know. He just, you know, doesn't want to – he doesn't want to be told what to do. That's <laughs> me. You're like describing me. And he doesn't want to do what he doesn't want to do. And if he's not immediately good at something, then I he can't be bothered. That's literally me. I'm, <laughs> I'm – it's actually – I'm so, like, lazy and, like, don't do stuff. <laughs> but it's actually because – I'm such a perfectionist mm, that when like, one thing goes wrong, I'm like, scrap it, scrap the whole thing. Yeah. I can't salvage it. Right. Because it's, it's it's funny that I'm so disorganized because I'm such a perfectionist. That's interesting. But it seems like That's similar. That's a nice insight into yeah. who you are. Well, um, I found a job that I sort of like, and I yeah. get to do mostly what I want to do. So there's hope, and I yeah. feel like uh, you know, and I love what I do. Yeah. That, and that's so funny because like one day we were driving to school. And um, he goes to school in the Palisades, and I, I don't live in the Palisades, so we're, we take a very long drive in the morning, every morning. Not every morning, m- on my weeks, because I'm divorced, so 50-50. He gets in one week, I get in the other. Okay. So we're driving, and we're going down the, um, the down ramp onto the PCH overlooking the ocean, and I'm like, look how beautiful this is. Like, it's so beautiful. Like, what a beautiful life. And the ocean, he's like... I don't understand how we're related. <laughs> That's so funny. I get like that too sometimes. Like sometimes I'll just it's like I'll... you're so fucking positive. It's yeah, annoying. I don't know how people do that. Like that because like I just like I'm just so naturally just so negative and hard on myself. <laughs> but I but I get like that too sometimes about California where I'll just like see not even a sunset or anything particular. I'll just see like just the Hollywood sign. I'll just be like I like wow. I live in like L A. Yeah. Like that's so weird. You were from South Dakota before. No, North, I'm from Chicago. North- Oh, my family's from... from the Dakotas. Okay. Yeah, yeah, my mom's side. So, but it's just weird because it, like, you... Coming here actually was, like, a huge, like, risk or deal, but I didn't yeah. even think about it because I was so young. I was just yeah. like, I'm just going to do it. I want to do it. And that's the beauty of being young. You know, um, Oscar Wilde says the youth is wasted on the young, and that's that's true in a lot of ways because you're young and you're you're dumb and you have so much going for you, but then you're, like, so busy thinking about what you don't know and how you have to achieve things. And But there is this, like brazenness about being young you're so uh resilient when you're young you know like you don't take things as hard you know um then you get older and you're more fragile and sensitive and you cry more and you're like you know it's harder to bounce back and you know 
those and I and I just that's kind of like where it comes from with my son that I just get sad because I don't want him to feel like that. So it's like you have plenty of time to be existential. Don't don't go there. Like you have so much ahead of you. Yeah, you it's know? interesting. Well, because it's like I moved here when I was twenty two. I'm only twenty four, but yeah. I don't think like I could do it now. Like if I was still and I had oh, to do it now, really? Well, I'd probably still do it. Yeah, it's just weird because I look back on it and I was like, it didn't seem like such a big deal, but like. I literally yeah, just moved. I came here alone too. Yeah, I was just I, like I I don't have parents. I've never had parents living here. I'm here by myself. Yeah. I had a uh, my brother lives in Arizona. My my parents live in uh, Arizona. Yeah, they, you were saying, yeah. and um, I want to ask you publicly where we'll talk about it later. <laughs> their address. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it's just you know that's what you do when you're young. You know you chase your dreams, and I and I applaud you for doing that. And well, look at you thank now. You. Yeah, now I'm here in a storage room with. <laughs> Cordelia <laughs> from Buffy and Angel. The, you know, live dreams come true. What does that say about both of us? <laughs> uh, I think it's, I'm going to choose to say we're both great. We're <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Look at you being uh, positive and stuff. Yeah, see, there you go. That's all it takes is you meet a, meet a person you watched when you were younger. Um, so speaking of, like, people that are fans to this day, like, okay. you know, 20 years later, do you do you go to a lot of conventions? I do. do you do that a lot? I do. What's I have... that like? I've never been to one. You've never... I invite you. I'll invite you. Oh, you okay, I'm going to be in Chicago soon. So why don't you, since you're from Chicago, why don't you come? My, my parents uh, retired and moved away. But okay. I do. I do but go, don't you have folks? Yeah, didn't I you went grow to, up there? Yeah, I went to college. Well, we were Which only, college did you go to? Uh, DePaul. You went to DePaul? My yeah. mother went to DePaul. Oh, yeah, Lincoln Park. I went oh, for three wow. years. Yeah. No way. Yeah, what so was I, your major? Uh, political science. Really? Yeah, my life is drastically different than just like three years ago. Well, I want to talk to you about politics at some point then. Not now, yeah, I, but later. Yeah, I was, definitely, I was definitely more into a politics in the Obama era. Now I kind of just try to like no, tune it off. No, we need you off. now. Well, we I need just, you now. It just makes me so angry. Okay, we got to table the anger and like push through. Did you vote yesterday? Uh, no. no, you didn't. Okay, because I, okay. I well I wasn't um, registered. No, I'm registered. I just didn't know. I like I never got any pamphlets. Well, okay, I'm, call me next time. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm really need you. Research. We need I know, you. We I need to activate. Yeah, I, I I felt kind of bad about that. Actually, I was thinking about that because other people, like, he had like an I voted sticker, and I'm like, oh, yeah. maybe I should have. But I mean, I yeah. voted for a president, but um. Yeah, I mean, the only way to get if you're angry about him, you know, the only way to really like make a difference, and, you know, and and to be able to channel that angry is to make change. And then in the local ones too, because that's how you vote them. You know, you get the yes, the, the house, house back and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. So I was very into it. I actually worked for the Department of Energy at a national fascinating. Lab. Yeah. So and now I do this. So it's just right. really weird. I don't That's know. interesting. But yeah, so tell me about the the conventions. What's that like? Like, do you enjoy it's it? It's really crazy because I do enjoy it. Um, I mean, what's wrong with showing up and being told how amazing you are every yeah. day for eight <laughs> hours a day? Um, That's a pretty great job. But I think what I like about it most, what I I think what's happened for me is I never really appreciated what I did in terms of how it affects others. Like, I didn't understand how what the connection it was like you're a fan of the show you're not a fan of mine but when somebody (laughs) what i learned when i went to the conventions is and what i why i continue to go and enjoy going is because everybody has a different story and why it means so much to them and i always love hearing how the show helped them through something realized something about themselves like my mom is dying of cancer she used to love the show and it was like one of the fondest like it helps me stay connected to my mom even though she's gone it's sentimental and it makes me feel or like I was bullied a lot and it really helped me understand 
um, bullies more because Cordelia was kind of a bully, but then we knew that she was going. She had a lot going on at home, and it made me more sensitive and more aware to what's going empathic to the bully right. and have compassion. You know, that is major. That's, I think know? that's like, true that's for kind me of, too. It is like the the now that you mentioned, it, I was like, oh yeah, it, it did kind of make me like, oh people like hurt people, hurt people, you know. Yeah, so it's hurt like, people, hurt people. Yeah, you know, I say, he said that all the time. I know it's true, and yeah. and just you know how um, some people were gay and they were they didn't have the courage to 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 come out and or like they didn't have the ability to say no and they didn't have their voice and they didn't feel comfortable saying saying their truth and Cordelia helped them speak their truth with confidence. Like when you hear that. You know, it, suddenly you kind of, I mean, I don't, I'm being funny when I say this, but like suddenly, you know, maybe what I do isn't so silly and fluffy and, you know, maybe what I do does really matter. And maybe, you know, no, I'm not a brain surgeon. I'm not literally saving lives or curing cancer, but I'm touching people. And I like hearing how that, what that looks like for people. Yeah. So and well. So what? And it means so much. It does. I mean, like, you know what I mean? How can you not want to make people's day? Yeah. You know what I mean? But like, no, that's really cool. It's it, and it's just like. So what do that's you? That's what I don't understand about some people that won't do it. You well, know, like it's me, really such a lovely way to give back. There's YouTube conventions that are that are kind of similar. Yeah. Um, and for me, they're fun. Um, I like I like meeting people. The meet and greets are very for me personally mentally draining. Because you're yeah. kind of like on, yeah, you're on 100. percent They have, it's emotional for people, so it's taking on a lot of energy. And they're so they have this idea of you in in their head, and to to you, they're just a stranger. You know what I mean? Like you sure. try to be nice, whatever. Sure. But it's hard to can personally connect sure. with that many people when they're shuffling. You know, sure. down a line. Is that true for you too? Uh, yes, but um, somehow, some way, it you know, the connection happens. I mean, it's not going to happen with every single person, but I try to, you know, I think what I've learned over the years is I can pick up on energy. You know, I can pick up on the vibe and I, I can tell when somebody wants to say more, but they're not sure what to say. or that. So I'll be like, I'll engage them in some way. Like, is this your first con or like how is your con – I'll a, a start, a, start a conversation that would then maybe lead to what they really want to say. Sure. I can pick up on it and I'm not like so busy, you know, like I'm there for that purpose. Right. You know, to give people the opportunity to say hello and, and give them an experience, you know. I, I don't take it for granted. I try to show up and be on time. I try to – look my best so you know there's nothing worse than like showing up and you they're like wow she looks rough yeah, like, <laughs> you know like that would be go, so yeah. bad you know yeah. that would I want to be there for them and yeah. I hope they know that and feel that and and I I appreciate it so um yeah if you can't connect every single time, but you do your best. Yeah, I think I need I because it's I make people talk to you. I'm awkward too and nervous too, so it's hard. It's hard for me. I need to learn to just you know ask them questions and like get into a conversation. I think. Yeah, I mean, if you have the time, I mean, you're so so popular. Oh, I'm, and I'm so, so busy. So, so many people popular. in line to see you. I, I would stand so in line hard. to see you. Uh, well, thank you. You didn't have to. I, <laughs> I did. Brought you to me today. <laughs> <laughs> so and then when so these conventions, do you? I'm assuming you get to reconnect with other. Um, yeah, cast members. Who's who do you? So still you talk know to? Holly, right? Holly Marie comes yes, from, Charmed, yeah, from Charmed, who you love and adore. Yes, um, she's a great character. Huh? 
favorite character on Charmed. She's your favorite? Yeah. You should have her on your podcast. I should. I would love that. Give yeah. me, put it in a good word. I will absolutely I'll see her this weekend. Perfect. I'll I love it. Oh, man, I would die. I um, would really yeah, her. I reconnect with a lot of people. And then I get to know other people. And, like, I get to, I've gotten to know better, like, Jason Momoa, because oh, I've yeah. seen him around. Or, like, I uh, I just met Lisa Berry, um, who is fantastic. Um, Greg Sulkin, who is a young kid on The Runaways. He's young, young. Oh, I know. And he, he works with James Marsters. Um, that. You know, like, you see each other kind of, like, pretty, like, semi-regular semi basis. And, you know, it's like, hey, hey, you know, Elijah Wood, I got to meet for the first time oh. this past weekend. Um, and we were all stranded at the airport together. So it was sort of like instant bonding. Yeah. Um, you know, there's definitely opportunities where I'm in awe of meeting people. And, you know, I get to, like meet them on a peer situation yeah, so that's you're nice on the same level it sounds really familiar honestly to youtube conventions it does you go you see people that you you know you don't you necessarily like, talk to every day but like when you see each other you always have conversation yeah. you catch up it's right. fun right. like backstage stuff like that yeah there's like a you know like if, if one time you know i was at the gas station i saw scott foley and we were both on a wb show at the same time he was on alias and i was on angel and I saw him at the – and I've never met him before. I've never talked to him before. But he's like, hey, Charisma, what's up? And it's like, I had no idea he knew what my you name was. You know, I'm yeah. like, you know my name? Yeah. And so then I got to talk to him for a second. So there is that, like, thing. But I never assume. And I always get, like, kind of like, oh, he – oh, they know me. Yeah. Do you, <laughs> you know, I never get I, – I always get surprised that way. Like, Do you get recognized on the street walking? I mean, it's weird. Sometimes, mm. sometimes not. I think initially – Cordelia, people would not talk to me because they thought I was so mean. Oh, yeah. Even my own co-star, James Marsters, told me at a convention, he said aloud in front of a room of people, like, I used to avoid her. I'm like, you did? <laughs> you know, wow. Like, I had to say to him, like, why? Yeah. And he's like, and this is, you know, Curse. I mean, to be honest with you, this is sort of like, um, you know, a tribute to your ability to act because I literally thought you were this vacuous you know, label whore, yeah. <laughs> you know, person that had nothing to bring to the table of substance or consequence. And I was like, oh, well, thanks for <laughs> yeah. selling me short there. That makes you and he's like, no, but then when we worked on Supernatural together, it was um, a phenomenal experience. We oh, got to like, yeah, we did an episode together and we played husband and wife. And between scenes, we actually, you know, he didn't take his chair and go across the room. Yeah. He didn't avoid me this time. And we got to sit and talk. And I learned so much about his family. He learned about my family and like, what's important to us, and we really connected. And so now, you know, I see him at conventions all the time. That's great. I think he followed me on Twitter, actually. Did he? Yeah, I think. Oh, I don't know if I followed him back. Oh, my God. I should. He is fascinating. Really? You would love to talk he's to him. He's a singer, isn't he? He is. And he went to Juilliard, wow. and he's, like, Shakespearean, classic yeah. claim. Classically trained what actor good for him too. Okay, <laughs> I mean I don't need to. I mean you're, <laughs> you speak for yourself. It's just crazy, yeah. But like, yeah, I would absolutely like. I think if you're um, at all like, but he will go. He will take you down, a, 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 you know, down all the way down, spiral into the depths of character. Wow, like a, so. like a method actor, like that type. Oh, of thing? he's hardcore. Really? But I mean, he's good. I mean, Spike yeah, is a he's great very character. Talented. Well, speaking of Spike, so Spike kind of like had. A bigger role towards the later seasons of Buffy, like when when you had had left the show of Angel or of Buffy, Buffy when like when Buffy him and Kelly oh, get yeah. together, he filled in for me a couple of times. Oh, okay, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> James will find that funny. Yeah, <laughs> I don't mean it like that, but that's funny that I put it like that. Um, yeah, he was Cordelia when I left season five. You know, I, I guess apparently David and um, James had 
wonderful chemistry together. <laughs> um, and then on season three, like he is, he was probably my favorite character to watch of okay. the two shows. You know, he was very entertaining, very watchable, you know. Well, and he kind of had a redemption Spike. story like, like Cordelia true, did too. Um, probably really intense actually. Like, yeah. Well, so I don't know how familiar you are with like the show season four and on. Of Buffy. Of Buffy. Not at all because I was working on Angel. Oh, okay. So I never got to watch. Yeah, because I was just wondering if there was anything you saw that you were like, oh, that would have been fun I to be a part I still haven't. Well, what about I'm, the musical I'm really glad I wasn't a part of that. Oh, okay. Nobody needs to hear me sing. Oh, okay. Ever. Like, I mean, there's a funny story. Like one time I was working on a um, show we were shooting in Canada and I was driving home with my team star and the radio was on and I was thinking and he's like, and he turns the radio off and he turns me like totally straight face and he goes, do you have pain when you sing? And I was like, <laughs> Ouch! Yeah, <laughs> here I am, like do do do, and he's like, "Are you in pain? Just stop, <laughs> wow. please! You're hurting my ears." My dad always says, "Who sings this?" And I'll tell him, he'll be like, "Oh, let's keep it that way." <laughs> I'm like, oh, "Okay, whatever." I love people like that, keeping it real. Yeah. So, so I guess, dumb question. Okay. But I just want to know: Are you yes. team team Buffy Angel or team Buffy Spike? Oh, well, I'm Team Cordy Angel, so well, yes, okay. I would want All Buffy right, so and Spike. Spike together. Okay, I liked it. It's funny. But I don't know. I don't know a lot about it. I think they had a very dysfunctional and very sexual relationship. It was weird. He literally built, like, had a Buffy robot and, like... Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, it was, maybe it was Buffy, weird. Maybe Buffy shouldn't be with either. That's what I think, Maybe no honestly, vampires for like, Buffy anymore. Angel was, like, was kind, but he also was, like... You know, a demon and stuff. Yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just interesting. <laughs> Can't experience true happiness. That's a problem. He That's turns right. back. That's yeah. right. Right. If they, if, oh my god, they couldn't have sex because he would turn into a vampire. Because that was true happiness, which also speaks for like, what does that mean? I like, mean, sex he's a is guy. true. Ha- <laughs> he's like centuries <laughs> old. I feel like. Um, okay, I, I feel like it's true. With that uh, being said, I think that's a good place to end it. But I just had such a great time. Yeah, I me too. Learned new stuff. I've it's reignited my love for, and I'm, I probably I want to go and just watch Angel all the way through just to have that yeah. experience, which I probably should have done before this. But um, all good. Yeah. Oh well, I guess um, you said that you were working on you did like some philanthropic like. Um, I do, but pursuits. I don't want to bore. You don't want to talk about I don't it. Wanna, well, I mean, I'm happy to, but like I I just really care about um, the Ronan Thompson foundation which deals with neuroblastoma and pediatric cancer least oh. funded cancer by our government which is kind of crazy because the kids are the future so i really try to advocate and talk about that as much as i can what's the foundation called ronan thompson foundation oh, okay taylor swift actually wrote a song about ronan oh what because they're from arizona which is your where oh. your parents are and the ronan thompson foundation is there as well and i guess um you know taylor heard about her blog uh, maya has a blog about the death of her son and um, she read it and then she wrote a song about it and then she did uh, Up With Cancer, that benefit oh, yeah. and she sang the song oh. and then she gave Maya part of the lyrics um, writing um, what is that called? Rights? Writing rights and you yeah. know all the money went to the Ronan Thompson Foundation oh, for awesome. that song. So she you know she's getting a fair amount of attention in that regard and then the other one is the Thirst Project which is you know just about clean safe drinking water for the world. I've seen that on your on your Instagram you yeah. promote it a lot. That's yeah. great. That's great. Those are my two favorites. Yeah I need to get into that. I don't know. I don't I'm oh, don't, don't make even, me, girl. Well, I'm like, right don't make me. I'm going to suck you into politics. I'm going to suck you into philanthropy. <laughs> yeah, as soon as this ends, I'm going to like, listen me. to me. <laughs> You're going to come to the dark side. 
Yeah, okay. Well, thank you so the much for coming. The bright side, really. Well, the bright, yeah. The, the sun, light and bright side. Sunny, sunny, <laughs> sunny side. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for coming. Thank I had a great time. I learned me. a lot. You're the best. You are. So sweet. No, you are. No, you. No, you. Thanks, no, guys. you hang up first. Um, <laughs> all right, that's it for uh, today's episode of Don't Mess. Um, thank you for watching. Leave a review and give me money. Um, <laughs> bye. It's that easy. Don't mess. Don't, 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 don't,